Hello and welcome to episode 189 of NCP. My name is David, and with me for this episode, I have Crystal. Hello. And Bo. What's going on? It's <laughs> going all right, man. You're you're, uh, you're obviously going to be a bit tired since you're you just come from uh, what is it, Greenville Comic Con? <laughs> it's SC Comic Con. SC Comic Con, but, but it's in Greenville, right? It is in Greenville, and I don't know where Greenville thinks they have the sanction to just, uh, you know, claim that this is the Comic Con for all of South Carolina. But uh, <laughs> they they they've put their foot down, and the the Greenville Comic Con is SC Comic Con. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Well, that's nothing, that's nothing wrong. With that. You got a dream. You got a dream big, Bo. Until somebody says they can't do it, then they're going to keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. That's been happening uh, at that there's, biggest con. There's actually big cons in South Carolina, but that's that's the one. I don't know. <laughs> What's been going Neil, on? Neil Adams. What's that? What's been going on at this con? Uh, Neil Adams is kind of the big name there. Um, you know, Greenville is not Greenville's not like a real big you know city. It's 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 kind of astonishing that they've put together a con this large. I mean, in, in all honesty, it feels like you're at Heroes Con. I mean, it's <laughs> it's uh, and Heroes Con is you know one of the bigger cons on this coast, and and um. It's really like it's it's funny. I know it's I know it's partially because of like the movies that have come out and you know all the superheroes are on Netflix and and not necessarily comic fans, um, but the popularity of sort of the superhero subculture has like grown so much. I mean, in in an area like this, I couldn't see a con succeeding to this level. You know, say you know five years ago. Um, but it is like seriously like huge. I mean, it looks like one of my, you know, it, it, it looks like heroes con and in Ooh. this area, the people are just like eating it up because it's the, it is the only con all year that within, you know, the upstate of South Carolina, you don't have to travel, you know, more than you know, an hour to get to. Ooh. Um, so like people are just eating it up. I mean, it just seems like it, thirsty is the only term I can think of. I mean, it just seems like people are just thirsty for, for more <laughs> like nerd content that they can get. <laughs> and you guys have got a table there? Yeah, we set up an undercast booth. Uh, we've been giving away ECN and, uh, undercast stuff. Uh, we made a bunch of ECN t-shirts. We got the, uh, we got the Clash of Champions comic that we're giving away. Awesome. And, uh, it's caused quite a controversy because uh, a lot of people that look through the comic disagree with our with our outcome. What? I don't know if you realize that. No, there's <laughs> no way. They're saying that Damien would beat X twenty three. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Got no a few people. Way, come on. A few people have said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you get Did you get them on camera on camera or recorded? <laughs> no, that would have been great. I'll try to get somebody tomorrow. I'll try to yeah, get somebody. Just stir up some controversy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So it was good. So Neil Adams, how did you uh, did you tell him that you've actually met him before and that uh, my old friend Neil and that, Adams uh, he gave Crystal some shit? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't actually talk to him because of that event. I'm just kind of leery of talking to him now. I'm like, yeah, I, he'll, I'm he'll, like, well, he'll bite. <laughs> he bites. I tried, to go, I tried to go interview him, but he was kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Adams doesn't he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he's, he's Neil Adams. <laughs> he doesn't care. He'll say what he wants. <laughs> I didn't. What's that saying about Prince? You know, like he's he's Neil Adams has lived in Neil Adams' world for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> so you got uh, so obviously your next uh, ECN episode is going to be full of uh, SC Comic Con stories. 
Yeah, yeah, but you know, Matt went camping. He's not even here with us. Oh my God, that's that's not right. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? That is just yeah. not right. So, you go, Matt. <laughs> He's coming tomorrow. He's coming tomorrow, and me and Scott said that we're gonna once we get everything set up, we're gonna leave him at the booth by himself and be like, "Yeah, we're going camping." <laughs> you know what? It actually wouldn't be that bad because people love Matt, so it would be okay. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. So he's so it'll be the full crew tomorrow. Yep. It's con season. Our first con will be. Uh, I'll be with Manamojo at Supernova on Supernova. Yeah, I remember Sup- you talking about that one last year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoy Supernova. It's uh what is it, April seventeen or April sixteen or something. So oh, I'll be there with the Manamojo crew. I mean is it is it just me or does this just seem like the like this is the time to invest in that. I mean there's cons popping up everywhere right yeah. now. People people love the Oh there's a new there's even a new con coming to Melbourne. Um Madman Entertainment who the, who do uh we basically did distribute a lot of. Uh, Sorry, was, I, was I accidentally typed in super knocker. Right, um, <laughs> <laughs> super super knockers. Just super knocker. Did you get boobs? No, I got I got supernova. Oh, <laughs> well, come on! The internet has has failed us. April fifteenth to seventeen. There you go, fifteen to seventeen. Um, yeah, so there's the yeah, madman entertainment who uh, distribute a lot of anime and stuff uh, here in Australia, and, and uh, sort of you know mo- Aussie movies and stuff like that. They're Running out their own con, um, so uh, a lot of uh, anime fans are very excited. I know Silhouette's very excited, so yeah, so that's very cool. Uh, the, the, uh, the other things in the news, it's not it's not just Bo and uh, SC Comic Con. Oh, I am very jealous. I would I would have loved to have gone. That would have been awesome. I'd love to do a booth, be at a booth. No, that could be fun. No. I can go be yeah, meeting people and talking to people and stuff. It's like hey, yeah, it's awesome. What's a podcast? You know, stuff like that. It'd be awesome. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the other, other news. Um, let's get uh, let's get the sad news out of the way first, and then we'll go to the other stuff. Okay. What do oh you no. Yeah. Sad, sad we'll get we'll get the sad stuff out of the way first. Um, uh, we have a couple of uh, a couple of uh, celebrities have, have passed on in the last week or so. Gary Shandling uh, has uh, has passed on. Unfortunately, he was still he was still pretty young. He was only sixty. Oh, yeah, that's pretty young. Not, not even that. I don't think he was. I thought even... he was older than that. Anyway, but uh, so yeah, so so most most people obviously, uh, the, you know, this generation would know Gary as uh, the Hail Hydra guy from uh, the Avengers movies. Um, but uh, he's he's been in comedy for many many moons yeah, all my him. life. I know him as Larry Sanders. Yeah, he is of course from the land. The, we we know him from the Larry Sanders show, <laughs> and uh, he was a very very talented and funny man. Is uh, very creative, so it is a loss. And uh, but talking about uh, funny and creative loss and talented and talented, Mister sh- Ronnie Ronnie, short. Ronnie Corbett has uh, has passed on as well. And damn, that's a shame. Eighty five years. Yeah. Old. Yeah. He's uh, the generation before us would probably know him better better than us. But uh, oh no no, I grew up with the two Ronnies. Yeah. The two Ronnies ran for like sixteen years. Yeah. And I, I remember when. Um, Ronnie Barker died maybe about 10 years ago, maybe hmm. a bit longer, and I thought, well, it's good night from him. And now it's good night from him. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame. Very sad. We last saw him on uh, Would I Lie, lie to, to You? you. Yeah. yeah, so he's still uh, getting around and performing right until the end. Mm. Uh, but I remember being a little kid and watching the two Ronnies, and he's sitting there up in his, um, his huge chair. Yeah. So even though he's a... Small statured man. Yeah, I felt like I was sitting at his feet, looking up at him, listening to his stories. Did you see the BBC goodbye for him? 
No. There was a, a picture of basically just the top of his head <laughs> and with the text up the top. So it's about this is the top of his head with like his eyes sort of like looking up, and uh, the text at the top was uh, um, a small a small man but a giant in comedy or something to that effect. It was, it was very respectful. Somebody tweeted a, a news article that they thought he would have appreciated. It said um, Ronnie Corbett. Um, passed away, 85 years old, left behind by his wife Anne and his two daughters. And on the picture on the on the left, it had a picture of him and Anne, and a picture on the right had a picture of him and Ronnie Barker dressed up as women. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, was a funny, funny dude. But, uh, yeah, it's a loss. The other thing I want to talk about is <laughs> I don't know when I when I sent out the running sheet <laughs> for this article, I said. I said, Blizzard changes the victory pose of one of the one of their female characters due to a complaint from Phipps, uh, due to a complaint from somebody, hyphen, absolute bullshit. So at the time, when obviously when I wrote the running sheet, I was a bit angry about it. But now, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> but I still want to discuss it because I'm, because I'm interested, I'm interested in you guys, your guys' opinions. So basically what happened is um, a the, Blizzard is doing a game called Overwatch, which is a first-person shooter basically in the style of Team Fortress 2 sort of stuff. So it's And they've made it very clear from the outset that they want to make this the most diverse and sort of family-friendly... And I say it's family-friendly, it's still rated. It's still rated PG, but, you know, but still, you know, diverse and, you know, and, and, and as welcoming to as, as all gamers as they possibly can. They're like, they've, they've, they, that was basically their mission statement from the start. And for the most part, they've basically they've done that. Um, they've, there's been a couple of things that people have been a, a little annoyed about, but you can't please please anybody, especially the internet. So it's you know, so but most of the most of the time they've done all right. You've got you know a lot of you've got diverse, uh, a, a very good. Uh, I think it's an even mix of male and female characters. Uh, you've got uh, non-human characters, human characters, different races, that sort of stuff. That being said, though, and I just want to make a point here, so like because I want to attach, uh, readdress it later on. It is still a first-person shooter. The aim of the game is still to kill people. <laughs> so I just want to point that out. Yeah, that's PG. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so so we'll, it, that'll that'll become relevant later on. So anyway, so they put out. Uh, it's still in beta. It hasn't actually been released yet, and they've. Uh, it's not far away. And they put out uh, on the forums, the official Blizzard forums. They put, said, you know, hey, have you got any any you know concerns or critiques about the beta that you know before we release it? You know, here's your chance. Put it in there. And for the most part, you know, people were. We're pretty good about it, except you know it's forums, so obviously you get a couple of idiots. But but one particular forum person named Phipps, um, it's not clear whether it's a male or a female, um, did a, did this following post, and I'm not going to read the entire thing out. But basically, uh, they said that they start off they start off saying that they they really they're loving Overwatch. Um, it's a diverse, interesting, and compelling cast, and uh, and that the the female characters for the most part are quite good. Uh, but then had. Uh, uh, that their their favourite character is Tracer. Now Tracer is a uh, teenage girl um, who is a time traveller, and uh, she you know she's very feisty. She's very spunky. She's very silly. She's basically she's basically a Pixar character. She's essentially like a, a friendlier version of of that character from Big Hero Six. So it's, it's you know she's it's that type of thing. That sort of uh, you know. Not necessarily a Japanese school girl, but that sort of you know I'm you know I'm feisty and sassy and all that sort of stuff. Uh, New Adams will obviously like it, and and, uh, and one of, well, the, her one line is her body seems to be comprised of about ninety five percent spunk. Now that's kind of a disturbing statement <laughs> if you sort of look at it in a certain way. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on. It's, they obviously didn't mean it that way. They didn't anyway. mean it that way. No. Now, one of the, stomach. 
<laughs> what? Anyway, <laughs> one, of, one, of the, one of the aspects of the games, that, like all games these days, is um, you have things called uh, victory poses. Yeah, you have different outfits, um, and uh, and you have uh, victory poses, and uh, all of the characters have this, essentially the same victory poses, basically. Now, the the one thing that the one victory pose that uh, she that uh, this person Phipps took issue with was was called over the shoulder. And it's it's the classic it's a it's a classic uh, victory or victory pose uh, you know throughout marketing I mean it's it's been been around for decades but essentially it is uh, the character looking over one of the looking from behind the character and looking over one of the shoulder and uh, when it's a girl doing it usually the hip is a bit cocked and and you know there's probably a sneak you know a cheeky smile or something to that effect and when it's a guy doing it it's deadly serious and you know they're staring and. <laughs> You know, it's you know. I mean, so I mean, I'll give you an example. I actually have a couple of pictures uh, as examples in the in the post. But I, I guess the the most the easiest example for people would be when Captain America: Winter Soldier came out. The the Winter Soldier picture is actually uh, yeah. you know one of those over the shoulder shots, and he's you know, deadly serious, and you know he's you know that sort of stuff. But then when they do it, when they did it for Scarlett Johansson for Black Widow. <laughs> You know, it's yeah. it's a whole different story. It's it's you know, it's uh, the, the chest is thrust out, and you know, there's that you know that glare in the eye, and you know, the, check out my ass, and the and the butt is yeah, the, the the hip is cocked and stuff. Now that being said, I don't have a problem with this. I, I have no absolutely no problem with this. I mean, there's there's there seems to be some sort of weird anti-sexuality thing going on, and it's been going on for ages. It's not just a re- recent random uh, recent thing, but it's very it seems to be very prominent against games these days and and i'm not too sure what the deal is i mean it's this it's very anti-sexuality in games and i'm not just going to lay the blame entirely on anita sarkeesian and her stupid ass tropes versus women video series but i mean it was, it was around before her uh, but I, I guess because she's highlighted it, it's now become a big thing now i'm not anti-sexuality I, i'm all for sexuality it's it's and there's a there's a time and a place for all these things. There's, there is there is a there is a place to have sexualized characters in games, whereas and exactly like there's a, a place to not have sexualized characters in games. I mean, you wouldn't have sexualized characters in a game called Plants vs Zombies, but you know, a game that's designed purely for titillation, like um, Dead or Alive, whatever it was called, Beach Volleyball. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point yeah. of it. Right, so yeah, those not, games are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, if if if, if your opinion is that's the you, extreme, yeah. yeah. If you think those I'm games not, are I'm ridiculous, I'm not saying that they shouldn't exist. Yeah, I think I think it's it's an art form just like anything else. You shouldn't like restrict it in that way. But like, yeah, those are the extreme example. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Awesome. I'm glad you just said exactly what I was going to say. So, as I mean, there's 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 a there's a place for all of these things. If you enjoy that sort of stuff, then go for it. It's, you're not hurting anybody. If you don't enjoy that sort of stuff. Then don't try and stop me from enjoying it. Not that I'm saying that I do, but if I did, then you know it's 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 not up to you to determine what I can or not can you know can't enjoy. So if I want to play Daryl Live Beach volleyball, then God damn it, I should be allowed to do so. So that's basically the 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 the, the basic crux of this argument. And with Overwatch, I haven't played it, so I don't really know. So I don't really know what the deal is. So, but. What I can, what I can sort of, well, I'll go I'll, I'll f- further on to Phipps's, Phipps's thing here is um, they've basically said that the over the shot, over the shoulder pose for Tracer is inappropriate considering her character. So they've gone into a lot of detail and basically the sort of character that she is. And you know what? I agree. 
And I actually agree with this. I, I actually, I don't see any problem with this. I mean, that that shot is quite clearly meant to be a sexualized shot, and it doesn't it doesn't match her character. I agree with that. But the thing that I got that got me upset was that this one person says this is not appropriate, and then throws in the ridiculously tired "think of the children" line. And it's like, oh, well, my, my daughter, my daughter enjoys watching me play this game, and um, she, I don't want her, you know, I want her, don't want her seeing this sort of stuff in, with her favorite character as well. Now, there's a couple of things wrong with that. One, your daughter, your your what was she five or six or something? Your daughter shouldn't be watching you play this game anyway. This is a PG rated game, so it's it's not yeah, it's not PG stands for parental guidance. Yeah, but it's 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 rated uh, in America. I think it's rated T for teen, so it's twelve and up or something. So her daughter's her daughter is too young to be watching it anyway. But yeah, you're right, parental guidance. That's a good thing. That's good. I'll get to that in a second. Um, but uh, yeah, so your daughter shouldn't be watching it anyway. And the other thing is, she actually has this this very specific line. Now, I, I just I just this is the the basis of the crux of my my complaint is that. You said she. I did say she. You're right. Yeah. I I just assume it's a girl for some reason. Could Maybe be. that says something. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, they what they say. All right. Cool. All right. So they've got this te- this sentence here. What about this pose has anything to What about this pose has anything to do with the character you're building in Tracer? It's not fun. It's not silly. It has nothing to do with being a fast elite killer. I've bolded that word. It just reduces Tracer to another bland female sex symbol. Now it doesn't. That's a bit extreme. One pose does not reduce her to a bland sex killer. Uh, does not reduce her to a bland sex symbol. Right? One pose doesn't do that. That's bullshit. Right? But that being said, I do agree that the pose is inappropriate for the character. But what I want to point out here is that she's she's perfectly willing to have her young daughter. She actually doesn't give it an age. Oh, I do it. I did it again. They don't give an age, but they are willing to accept their young daughter growing up and growing up alongside these characters that are actually all killers. As part of the game. So violence is okay, but sexuality, even as tame as that shot, is not okay. And that's what annoys me. It's this this weird it's 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 okay for it's it's okay for me to buy my young child GTA five, but then I get upset when they their character, you know, has sex with hookers and stuff. It's just it really frustrates me. Well, there's a point that you've not brought up and, and I, I agree with much of what you said. But um, the point is with these poses, and you see them, they're prevalent everywhere. And like you say, the men are always serious, the women are always sexy. And that's the point. The women always have to be the sexy pose. And it's not just in games. It's in comics. It's on TV. It's on ads. It's on TV promotional ads. Mm. Like, for instance, uh, a cop show, the the female detective will be standing in a sexy pose where the the male detective will be standing in a serious I'm going to get the criminals pose. It's, right. It's, it's just... Um, I've never seen a female cop show where they've stood in a sexy pose. TV sexiest detective Olivia Benson? She's never seen in a sexy pose. She always stands in a sexy pose. No. Nah. <laughs> I disagree with that. But, yeah, just, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. She just can't help but to be sexy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> She's not sexy. Um, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, me, sorry. Even, I'm sorry. Even a show like our local um, good game show, uh, Hex stands in a sexy pose. I mean, it's not overtly sexy, but she stands in a way that you can see like, she's got a, a nice figure, whereas Barjo just stands there. What? I'll have, to, I'll have to show you an example. Really? Yeah. Do you have to, you'll have to show me yeah, an example. It's, it's not Isn't that just because Hex is actually an attractive woman? She stands on the side and her chest and buttocks are slightly thrust so you can see she's got a nice figure. No way. 
I'll find a, I'll find I need a to prove this to you because yeah, Hex is very anti this sort of stuff. I oh, know that's so why, that's why that's why that that promo picture surprises me. Right. Yeah. So you're saying it's one of the promo pictures? Yeah, yeah. It's it's on the yeah. So Hex, a, a known a, a known anti, you know, sexualization of girls figure in Australia. In Australia. But that's what I'm you're saying. saying she it's it's, stood it's, it's so prevalent that it's just accepted as everyday. Thing. And it's not until you sort of start thinking about it that you you see it. You sort of see it everywhere. What? And um, when I I looked up this pose that you were talking about, and it's quite clearly a, like look at my butt pose. It clearly is. And now that you've no told, and now that you told me that she meant to be a teenage character, I was like, well, um, I kind of agree that. Let me clarify that she may not. She may be in her early twenties. Doesn't really matter. She's quite young. What it says to me is that the developers think. Um, this character might have gone and kicked butt all the way through, but um, at the end, she's just reduced to look at my butt. Or they're thinking, my game's not going to sell if we don't have a little bit of cheesecake in it. Or they're thinking, people who play the game are so stupid, they're not going to play it unless there's a little bit of cheesecake in it. Yeah, all good points. Um, they have actually removed that pose. Yeah, um, but yeah, but so that was kind of my next point. Is, yeah, is I, okay. I'm kind of glad that... It's it's so prevalent everywhere. It's nice to hear it's just just one one person say, okay, we might have made a bit of a mistake here. We'll remove it and move on. Yeah. Um, well, what they what they actually say is we agree with you because um, that we had similar thoughts ourselves, but we left it in because every character has that pose. Um, but they've now since on taken that on board and in, in in their effort, like I said at the start, to. Um, make it as diverse as possible. They've removed that pose for her, for her character, because it doesn't fit. They've kept it for Widowmaker, because Widowmaker is quite clearly designed to be that type of character. She's a very sexualized character, and they've left they've left it in on purpose because because it fits her. They've actually also left it in for some of the men as well, but um, yeah, they have removed it for for Tracer. Yeah. One of my favorite things is is that people redraw the male comic characters in poses as if they were female and you can mm. just see how ridiculous it, it is mm. but you don't see it don't kind of notice it with the females because you're just so used to it mm. bro have you got an opinion i think the world would be all right whether they did this or not <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't think so i, I think <laughs> i think that blizzard I think Blizzard made the right decision in removing it for their game. It makes sense for that character, and that's sort of in Blizzard's fashion. You know, I think that I think it was the right decision in this case to to remove it. Mm. But um, I don't I don't necessarily. You know, it's it's hard to say. I don't know what the hell I'm trying to say, but I don't, whether they kept it in or whether they removed it, I don't think it. I don't think the Earth would have would have shattered. <laughs> So who cares is basically what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't think this is an extreme example. Yeah, I'm with you. What about what about the other thing? There's actually the, another thing they removed from Overwatch is uh, they had uh, one of, in one of the levels there's an outhouse and there's some magazines in the outhouse that are showing pictures of some of the female characters from Overwatch, quite clearly oh, designed as a masturbation joke. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, and uh, there were there were, someone complains they removed the magazines. So like this would they could get away with this in World of Warcraft. They have all these little Easter eggs in World of Warcraft, but yeah. it's on some mountain somewhere in Outlands, and no one, you know, four people have ever visited there to see it, you know. Yeah. But in first-person shooter, they're not going to get away with it as much because it's like you know a smaller map, and everybody that plays it's going to eventually see it. There's a, there's a very so there's a, yeah there's a very similar thing in, in Grizzly Hills where uh, you've got that, and there's also there's actually a quest where you have to find a gnome's 
porno stash. <laughs> That's essentially what it is. Let's be honest. That is exactly what it is. One of the items... What do they call it? What do they call it? I can't remember the name of the quest, but one of the items is a magazine that has a sexy blood elf on the cover of it. You know, try to be all sexy. <laughs> And it's and it's and it's it's meant to be a Playboy book magazine for sure. And it's, it just it makes me laugh every time I see that quest. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, I mean, yeah. Who but cares? You, but that's the thing. Who cares? Though? You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's a game. It's a game for it's a game of for all ages. And <laughs> I said, I lean towards the side of them like taking it out. I, th- I think that I think that that in this case it was probably the right move. Yeah. In this particular case for this pose, it's totally the right move. But what, what I'm interested in is your opinion on my. My dis- uh, I, I just, I just don't like this. This, it's bad to, it's bad to have sexuality, but it's okay to have people killing each other. Yeah, I well, disagree you, with you know about from. the protest, right? You know that uh, people are complaining now that there's guns in Overwatch. What? Like, yeah, the pro. So they're doing it to to be, you know, that the people that were upset that they removed the pose are are now going on the forums and saying, oh well, uh, you know, I'm offended that there's guns. And Overwatch, and you should take out the guns because I don't want my kids to see guns. <laughs> I did see one. That, I did so, see one called uh, "Coming Soon Overwatch Burker Edition," and uh, uh, I did also see a, a joke petition saying to take one of the characters smokes a cigar the entire time, and it's like, well, this is promoting yeah. this is promoting smoking, so this should be removed as well. But I have not seen the remove guns one. That is hilarious. Yeah, people people are doing all this like in retaliation to that, or they're just being trolls. They probably don't even really have a any sort of political agenda. They're just <laughs> they just think it's funny. So, so you don't have an opinion of the of the sexuality versus violence? Well, I mean, I think that it's something that is different depending on the context. You know, I mean, I think that in a with a company like Blizzard that tries to design their games for adults, but um, they always have sort of a you know family friendly oriented you know mindset about the way they do it. I mean, while they do make games like you said, T for teens, they also you know have have heavily you know there's documentaries about it. They they post you know videos. I saw something the other day about how they're teaming up with Scholastic to make children's books. Um, yeah, they want the legacy. They they want you to play well. They want your kids to play well, and they want their kids to play well. Yeah. And I think for a company like that, then they they do have to kind of watch a lot closer, um, you know, whether they're going to sexualize certain characters because, again, they they are targeting, you know, the, a different audience audience than that beach volleyball game that you were talking about earlier. I, I think mm. it's just all has to do with context, you know. Yeah, it doesn't really answer my question though. <laughs> the 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 big the big thing against. I mean, I, mean, I agree with everything you said, and and yes, I agree yeah. that the post should have been removed. But um, the the weird context of not just Blizzard, but I mean, just sex versus violence. Like violence seems to be okay, but uh, you know, yeah. a, a nipple is not. Yeah, but it's the same. It's the same thing. Like violence is there's there's a line for everybody. Yeah, you know, like you can watch. You can watch the Expendables and see that you know cartoonish violence that you see there, or the cartoonish violence that that uh, I saw this weekend in Batman versus Superman. Um, <laughs> but there's still there's still a line, you know. There's still there's still a certain amount of violence that most people wouldn't, most companies wouldn't want to put in their movies. Hmm. But then there's certain companies that that's the audience that they're looking for. So I mean, it, it's just it's the same thing. It's just got to do with context and hmm. the audience that they're that they're you know trying to attract. Fair enough, but but, but <laughs> I know what you're saying. 
I know what you're saying. It seems like more people are easily offended sexually than by violence. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to love watching the movie Last of the Mohicans, and there's like some small nudity scene, and I don't even know what it is, and my mom cut that part of the movie out, but yet I watched all those like scalpings and, and shooting, you know, <laughs> Indians and all this. Like there was, she had no problem with any of that. Um, so I mean, I know what you're saying. There's definitely in in most people's minds. I mean, I would say I'm kind of generalizing by saying most people's minds, but I think I think it's probably true that in most people's minds, for some reason, there's this inherent, like uh, you know, clash against sexuality over violence, and it, and it seems like it should be, you know, weighed evenly, but it, it, but it's not really. But I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Have you seen Batman versus Superman yet? Yeah, I do. Our entire last episode was all about Batman versus Superman. All right. Well, I don't want to talk about it, so I don't want to do that. Review. You don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, I, don't, I. I would have if if uh, if you reviewed it with me, I'd review it. But I don't want to. I don't want to review it by myself. I don't. I'm happy. I don't to, I don't, I'm happy to discuss it with nothing, you. I'm over. I'm over superhero movies. I, I don't care anymore. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm <laughs> <Testify>. over. <laughs> Testify. It's, because people are people are asking me if Batman versus Superman is a good movie. Yeah. And the answer to that question is no, it's not. It's not a good movie. It was Deadpool. It wasn't a good movie. Like these super is it a good superhero movie? Meh, it's alright. But it seems like it seems like there could be a superhero movie that is as good as being John Malkovich. Like why why is it that we give superhero movies this weird scale where we're like, Well, it's pretty good in the superhero movie universe, it's pretty good, but you know, but it's not it's not a great movie. Like you can't tell me I, with the except, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is, is a really good movie, hmm. um, even outside the scope of the superhero world. But most, like, 19 times out of 20 superhero movies that I've ever seen, even ones I've liked, I'm giving it the superhero movie pass, you know? <laughs> Yeah. I don't feel like <laughs> I don't feel like I've I've seen any superhero movie that has been just on par with like your normal top ten movie scale, you know? Right. Okay. And and why and why is that? Is it because the concept of the superhero, you know, is just ridiculous in the first place, and it's hard to tell a serious story without it without it being somewhat ridiculous so they just they just do the fan service thing instead right. i mean i don't i i'm not saying that's the answer but i i just there's got to be a solution to this problem there has to be a way to tell you know they could have told a tragic story about wade wilson and it probably would have been they still could have had the comedy in there but instead of it being oh well just he's a funny guy because because you know Wade's a funny guy, they could have told this story about how, like you know, uh, the hilarity that you the the funny things he was saying at the beginning of the movie that you thought were so funny, it turns out it's as a result because of this torment that he went through, and you would have had a, like kind of a different you know skew on it, and and maybe even you know thought about the movie for for five seconds instead of just being like ah oh, that was fucking hilarious you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just over the superhero movie thing, so, man. So, I, I'm, I just don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not even trying to be funny. Like I just don't know what to think anymore after I saw that movie. I just don't know. <laughs> so, well, we, our entire last episode was was devoted to uh, us discussing that movie, and 
yeah, I mean, our feelings were made pretty clear. So, so you you didn't like it is essentially what you're saying. Nah, I don't think I liked it. I don't okay. think I liked it. I didn't hate it, but I definitely, definitely did not like it. And it's just making me rethink the whole the whole thing. I mean, I just I'm not saying don't make a movie about comics. Yeah, you know, Red's a really good movie. Uh, they can make. There's a lot of comics that they can make good movies out of. But man, I'm I'm just tired of the Marvel and DC thing. Please mm. come on, Civil War is going to suck. We're all there's going to be parts about it we're going to like, and we're probably going to be like, yeah, it's all right. But but in our hearts, we know it sucks. What? <laughs> Bite your tongue in your jaded heart, maybe. Winter Soldier is awesome, and this is being made by the same people, so this will be awesome too. And if it's not, then somebody has to die. I don't know. I'd awesome. say it was pretty good for a superhero movie. See, so there you go. So you just you're buying into what Bo is saying here. It was pretty good for a superhero movie. You do hear that a lot. <laughs> no, it was good as a movie. No way, because it's a superhero movie. It quite boring. <laughs> this is the argument I had the other day. The reason Batman vs Superman sucks balls is because it's a bad film, not just because it's a bad superhero film. But you can still have bad films that are enjoyable. Well, that's true, but this is not enjoyable. As you well know. As, well, as, as we know, I'm a big fan of, you know, films like that sort of stuff. Bad films that are still enjoyable, yes. But Batman vs. Superman is bad and not enjoyable. Yeah. Except for a few short scenes. It's a, it's, it's a bad film, badly paced film, combined with the fact that they got the characters very wrong. Hmm. Which, you know, t- uh, 2 plus 2 equals nerd rage. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> Uh, I, I've never, I don't know, maybe I'm just getting burnt out on the superhero thing. Mm. Maybe it's just been too many, mm. you know, too recently. That's what it sounds like, dude. Yeah, there have been a lot over the last few years. It, sounds, it definitely sounds like you're being burnt out by superheroes. But if Warcraft's bad, I'm just going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting to be Warcraft to be sort of more along the lines of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, as long as it's not long, long lines of the Hobbit. Yeah, no, but no, but it's it just beautifully made and and hopefully a nice story to go along with it. Yeah, instead of you know follow the superhero formula. That's what's happening. They're they're a bit formulaic, I think. Yeah, I will. I agree there. No one can deny that. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair enough. They're all basically the I same. Just, I think it's the setup. They have to give us a setup every time, and and. and you know, there's interesting stories told in comics with these same heroes, and it's different because they don't have to set up the next movie. All of these movies are like, yeah, this one's cool, but why do you see Wonder Woman? You know, like yeah. every movie is that way. Like, it's all just like, yeah, yeah this is, you give it a pass because you're like, oh, it's setting up for the next movie. Well, yeah, cause they're making 13 movies, <laughs> you know, like. I gotta set up for the next one. It's like it's like Entertainment Tonight. Each segment is a promo for the next segment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you hit, yeah. Uh, all right, I'm going to move on now because Bo sounds like he's getting a bit upset. So, <laughs> we are going to we are going to talk about more superhero stuff though, Bo. Are you, are you going to be okay with that? Yeah. Right. Have you taken your meds? <laughs> yeah, I'll take a shot of insulin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's uh, let's move on to some sort of review slash discussions. Um, I want to talk about Daredevil season two, <laughs> which I think is I think is great. By the way, I want to say that <laughs> I, I am I am not I am not frustrated with the Netflix Marvel original TV series. So, uh, super, that, so, that so essentially, what you're saying, super is okay as long as they're done well. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Is I like superhero stories, <laughs> yeah. but you know, we're not watching Daredevil going, oh man, this they're, they're setting up for season four, you know, like, <laughs> it's its own story, and it's done well, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've read similar opinions on the internet, that like, people are saying they're doing the TV shows really well, but the movies just seem to be churned out. Yeah. Okay, so, so yeah, I've seen, uh, I've mentioned Daredevil season two already, I've I only watched... I'd watched only like a couple of first couple of episodes or something, and of uh, then the next episode I discussed it. I said I still had a couple of episodes to go, so uh, my third and final is uh, I've actually now finished, so I've actually actually managed to see them all. And uh, goddamn, Daredevil season two is awesome. It's uh, actually yeah. dare I say it, it's probably. <laughs> No pun intended. I'm the worst punner everywhere because my puns are always unintentional. Um, yeah, dare I, dare devil I say it. Uh, it's uh, it is actually better than season one. Boom. Oh, <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> season one is good. Don't get me wrong; it's very very good. But I think season two is actually better. It has. Uh, I think people have just sort of now a bit more comfortable in their roles. I mean, the guy that plays Daredevil is still shit, but it's. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he has no charisma at all. It's terrible. I mean, I'm not saying Jai Courtney level of charisma because that Jai Courtney has negative charisma. I'm saying, but he just has he just doesn't really have a lot of screen presence. So he doesn't suck the charisma out of everything. No, else. no, he's not. He's not that bad. He's he seems like a perfectly nice dude, but he just he just doesn't really have a lot of oomph. You know what I mean? A lot of screen presence, um, yeah. which is not which is not very good <laughs> when you're the main character. Yeah. But that being said, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not, not ragging on it anyway. It's, it's the, the, the series is actually really cool. I'm not saying it's 100% perfect. Don't get me wrong. It's, yeah. It does have some problems. It has some, it has some narrative flows that are a bit weird. It has yeah. that very, the, the same standard thing that all of these shows seem to have is that it starts off awesome, has a bit of lag in the middle, and then, start, and then ends you know, fairly strong. It, it does the exact same I, sort of thing. I think they're almost designed that way, though. Yeah. I mean, they make they make it so that like it all comes out in the wash because they know that everybody's going to watch this in like two days, you know. Yeah, the, I mean, there's the Netflix thing that's it's become pretty standard. You're right; it's, it's like a template, and because yeah. they know people sort of binge, binge, binge yeah, binge they know watch. people binge these things. It's not like the the thing that you're watching every week. It's like, oh, we'll stay tuned until next Sunday for the next episode sort of stuff. So, so they they don't do like a cliffhanger at the end of every episode. Oh well, they still do because that's TV. You can't really help yourself, but not as prevalent. Yeah, yeah, not as yeah. prevalent as that. Um, so yeah, and you know, and you know, and Jessica Jones, which is my currently my favorite uh, Marvel Netflix show, is, is even that had the same problem. There's a couple of episodes that really weren't necessary. Um, so yeah, not all good, uh, but for the most part, though, awesome. The, the I mean, obviously, everybody's going to be mentioning the Punisher. He is. It is an absolutely magnificent performance. Um, uh, what's, what's his name? Sam Bernathal? Yeah, something like that. Bernathal? Anyway, he's, he's got great. gigantic earlobes. I don't know if you ever yeah. noticed that. <laughs> I haven't, but I will now. Um, no, he's, he is, he has, he's absolutely magnificent. And what's good about him is, is, is about his portrayal is that there's, there's no, there's none of that heroic posing bullshit. Like, there's no, there's no action hero tropes that you know the the quip the sarcastic quip or you know the pose after an explosion. I she was with you. You know, yeah. Any of that? Just there's none of that bullshit. It's just he basically he's, he's, he plays it. He plays it for real, and that's and which is weird because it's a superhero TV show, right? I mean, none of it's real. It's all bullshit. But it's, he plays it like it is actually really could actually really happen, and uh, 
Yeah. It's just an amazing, it's an amazing performance. And uh, I just, it really, I mean, the, the, the seeds were sown as uh, as this character Shane in, in The Walking Dead and now it's, he's, he's come to the ultimate. And actually, there's, there's been a lot of call for him to get his own series, for the Punisher to get his own series like the other characters are. And I actually think that would be a mistake. I actually, it, oh. I just... I just don't think it would work with him center stage the entire time. It worked for the show, for this show where he was in it, and then he wasn't in it, and then he was in it, and then he wasn't in it. You know, yeah. it's actually it it just made it made his presence that much more enjoyable. I think and sort of meant a little bit more. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying yeah. I wouldn't. I'd still watch it if they produced it. Don't get me wrong. I, I just don't think it should happen. I wanted to have a Punisher show too, but I think, like, I actually think you're right. I think the way you described it is actually true. I hope that he crosses over into some of the other stories yeah. that they're planning on doing with That's Netflix. That's it. He should cross over into all of them, but yeah, but not have his own. Maybe not all there. of them, but yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not yeah, saying that cross that over into Howard the Duck, but I'm saying you know some of the others would be alright. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, so Punisher, Bernathal's performance, magnificent. Um, and everybody else is generally pretty good. They've also they've all sort of grown into the roles. Karen gets a lot, you know, a lot more action. Um, I mean, action is in screen time. And you know, Foggy's the, the guy that plays Foggy is always always good. And the overall storyline is okay. Um, I mean, it's it's a comic book storyline, so who cares? They've changed up uh, a few things, um, but uh, but generally, it's it's pretty good. I'm going to change up as in from the comics. And so, what are the but the the one negative that I do want to bring up is Electra. The, the, the actress that actually got to play her, um, Elodie Yum, Elodie Yum, she looks magnificent as Electra. She looks like Electra, and I'm totally cool with that. She's so good that she actually rises above just how shit her character is. This this character might be called Electra, but she's not Electra. Anybody who's read any Electric comic, and I don't mean the more recent sort of stuff with those awesome covers. I mean like the actual Frank Miller Electra, right? the guy who created the character. Because that's yeah. what they're going with here. They're going with Electra Born Again. That's essentially what it is. And that's, I guess I should have said spoiler alert. And, but anyway, anyone who's read the comic would know would know exactly what this, what Electra's, the, the end of the. Oh. Anybody who's read the comic would know <laughs> what is going to happen. Right? So I'll have to cut that bit out. But, um, but yeah, so the character's called Electra. And she does kind of electric type things, right? I mean, she's a martial artist. She's got the size. She's not afraid to kill, that sort of stuff. But that's where the similarity ends. Everything else is just thrown out. For some reason, they've made her a sociopath. And it all ties into her destiny. So, <laughs> so you've got basically Stick. What they've said is that Stick found her as a child and then trained her in, in her martial arts. And she's very good at what she does um, in order to protect her from her alternate destiny, which is to become... Uh, what is the black sky? So the thing that they alluded to, that what the hand was doing in season one, this black sky, which is, it's not really, it's not really said exactly what it is. It's you know, it's either a person or an object or whatever. But it's eventually, eventually meant to you know, put, bring the hand into power and end the world as some sort of apocalyptic pipe bullshit. Why do the villains always want to end the world? I mean, what's the point of that? I mean, once the world has ended, yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs> so anyway, anyway moving on. Why would you want to kill Superman and kill Batman in Gotham? He got nothing, he's got nothing to do with you. What's the motivation there? Yeah, well, let's 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 not get into that very soon. A lot of supervillains don't necessarily want to end the world; they want to rule the world. Yeah, but it's just a lot. A lot of times, you yeah. say the end the world business. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Anyway, anyway, so yeah, so because they're insane. It's, <laughs> well, they're not always insane. Um, they're they're uh, they're 
Yeah, so the, so his motivation to, to do this is to stop her from either becoming Black Sky or joining the Hand, which then helps Black Sky. It's not very made clear towards the end, and in the middle there. It is made very clear at the end, but I don't want to give that away, so that's why I'm being kind of uh, a bit, bit vague about it. Um, but anyway, and that's just that's just ridiculous. There's, 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 there was a whole, so many other options that available to him to, instead of actually instead of doing what he did that I just I just I can't really go into it without spoilers. But anyway, so she's burning with this you know this bullshit to start off with this you know this trying to stop her from her destiny type of bullshit. And but but her character is is just is ridiculous. So, so they're saying that there's that because she's tied into this black sky business that she is essentially a sociopath. Like she um, takes in one particular se- sequence she takes Matt uh, while they're both young. So they're both in university at this point where they first met. And she tracks down uh, the guy who killed Matt's father, and and basically you know ties him up in a chair and, and beat and they beat him up. And so Matt gets out some of his aggression and by you know beating the guy to a pulp. And then Electra says, "Okay, now kill him." Now that scene is a very tired <laughs> action superhero type scene, been done a billion times before. That scene doesn't bother me, right? But the way Electra reacts when she's waiting for Matt to make up his decision, because he's, you know, he's, he's, you know, that, that sort of, that, you know, I don't want to kill people type business, that, that goodness, that one the spark of goodness in him that Electra doesn't seem to have. So while she's waiting for this to happen, it looks like she's having an orgasm. And it just, it just struck me as so weird. This is, this is, this is not Electra at all. Electra would have just, would have just killed him. Just be she done with sounds it. like that, uh, the, the villain in that Bond movie. Yeah, the that's exactly it. She's basically Xenia on the top, but without the comedy. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's 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 really really strange thing, and they basically they play on that throughout the season that she basically she's not afraid to kill, and that you know okay whatever she's not afraid to kill, but that doesn't mean she has to be a sociopath about it. It's like she basically enjoys killing. It's uh it's really strange, it's, and and it just it basically ruins it ruins her character. They said this, so I mean Elodie does the best that she can, and she is awesome, but it's not Electra. I just want to put that out there. I have a gripe about about Daredevil. Hit me. So, and this is just not a TV show, but just Daredevil in general. Mm-hmm. So, if a blind person walks into a room, right, he would he he probably would have enough awareness to maybe be able to tell where furniture is or you know large objects. Where Deadpool, or not Deadpool, Daredevil <laughs> is so. <laughs> where Daredevil is so aware yeah. that if you were to put change on a table, he would be able to tell you how much how much change is on the table. Yeah. Like he, he is so heightened in his awareness that at a certain point, are you even fucking blind? Like <laughs> uh, he can see anything in the room, right? Like I think he can yeah. drive like what? Yeah. He's just colorblind. He just can't tell what color it is. He can still see. <laughs> yeah. But that's because his brain puts out e- echolocation stuff like bats do. I see what you're saying though. Why, why even have <laughs> yeah. him blind in the first place when he can do yeah. it all anyway? He can basically see anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I see your point. Why even even acknowledge that you're blind? Just pretend that you're actually not blind. Yeah. Well, why even why even say no? Why yeah? Blind? Why they even? He doesn't think you have a handicap. Yeah. I, I don't know. I couldn't. I can't tell you. You have to ask Stanley. <laughs> right. I don't. I don't know. Other other than color, he can probably see better than me. You know. Yeah. What's that? What's that saying from Seinfeld? It's like you're you're spotting dimes, eating onions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's just—it's not an episode with Burrow where Seinfeld is not mentioned. Those were mailboxes. I didn't have the heart to tell you. I didn't have the heart to tell you. 
Moving on. All right. <laughs> now, yeah, again, again, a valid point, but uh, I'm not the person to ask. Uh, the Shannara Chronicles. I've uh, finally finished that. I'm a bit late. It's actually been finished for a while, but I've finally caught up and uh, managed to watch it all because I had other things to do. So it's not that good a show that I'm not going to binge it. Um, I mainly watched it because one of the girls was hot. Sorry about that, wife. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> You're just a man. Sorry, I am. Just, at the end of the day, I am just a man. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Um, and because oh, I have actually read the the book that it's based on, I've only read two Shannara books, and uh, this is actually based on the second book. I've only read two of them because they're shit. Um, and but who writes Shannara? Is that Gamble? Terry? No, Terry Brooks. Terry Brooks. Yeah, okay. it's basically just a rip off of Lord of the Rings. So really, the first book is such a blatant rip off of Lord of the Rings. I don't know why he wasn't sued. But the second book sort of follows on for that. It's basically Lord of the Rings Generation 2. Um, or Shannara Chronicles Generation 2, anyway. <laughs> the Jordan of the Heroes from the first book. Um, yeah, so it's based on the... And it, does, it did make sense that they made it based on the second the second book instead of the first one, because otherwise it would just be dismissed as a, as a rip-off of Lord of the Rings. So, and, uh, and the second book, it just it makes more sense as a TV show. So it, actually, so it was a good decision on their part. It is a... Um, Oh, who produces it? I don't know. I can't remember who produces it, but it's 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 like a sci-fi type production. It's like no, it's MTV. Yep, it's MTV production, and uh, yeah. But you know, they give it they give it their all. I mean, none of the characters, none of the actors are really all that stand out. But I mean, they they do everything they can. It does have an Australian guy in it, which is pretty cool. Although his character sucks, uh, he plays the druid, and uh, God, terrible, terrible character. I want him dead. When he dies about halfway through, I was like, holy shit, thank God. Spoiler! But then he comes back to life. <laughs> it's, kind of, no, it's, not spoiler, it's not a spoiler. It's established from the very first scene of episode one okay. that he resurrects. <laughs> so, and it's a... Come here. <laughs> Zombie druid. It's one of his things. No, he, resur- he gets resurrected whenever the, whenever the earth needs him. Anyway. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I find ridiculous about it is that it's actually set in our world. It's actually set in the future of our world. So Earth has been destroyed because of man's folly. You assume through a nuclear war. Yeah, and George, uh, George Bush, Donald Trump became president. And then yeah. went to- <laughs> 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 All right, move on quickly. Um, so, and, uh, yeah, and so basically it's, it's set in the, in the far future and, and humanity has evolved into different species, which is ridiculous, right? The science is insane. And so you still have humans, um, but you also now have elves, Basically gnomes, we've evolved into trolls. Yeah, we've evolved in the middle earth, and it doesn't make any sense, right? And now, and magic has returned, and it's just, it's ridiculous, but you know, what do you want? It's not meant to be true. Anyway, so, um, yeah, overall, it was alright. I watched it. The girl that plays uh, Eritrea, um, who was the hot one, <laughs> is, uh, uh, you would know from Pan's Labyrinth, so uh, once, you, once you get over that sort of weirdness, it's, uh, she's grown up now, so that's fine. It is weird seeing a child actress all grown up and doing the, the doing sexy adult, lady thing. Yeah, doing adult stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's not intentionally doing sexy lady. Well, the one thing I will say about this, actually, is, which I actually quite enjoyed, was that the, the, the female characters that are wearing armour are wearing armour. <laughs> they're not wearing bikinis. They're not wearing steel bikinis. I know. They actually are wearing legit outfits that you know would actually protect you. Um, the elf princess uh, character is actually a bit... She's a terrible fighter. I don't know why she's... Uh, she, she does this thing at the start of the show where she managed, she breaks tradition to join uh, like this group of elite warriors that are desi- that are basically elite bodyguard type people. And at the start, you're like, oh, okay, cool, good for you. Yay, go girl. 
But then throughout the rest of the show, it's like every single time she gets into a fight, she gets her ass kicked within seconds. <laughs> it's like, I don't understand where this has come from. It's bizarre. You kicked ass in the first couple of episodes. What's going on? But anyway, that bit, her armor is awesome. It's like it's got this cool shoulder thing. and I mean, she's basically completely covered up. Yeah. You know, and Eritrea, the 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 human, uh, she's basically a human rogue. I assume she'd be a rogue sort of deal. You know, she's you know she's all in leather, but she's you know she's all you know she's got a little bit of skin, but so what? So all the side of the men. Yeah. So yeah, so it's in fact, if, if anything, it's the male character's a little very less over because he's got you know got the chest showing and stuff. Yeah, because well, I mean, no one's going to shoot at that, are they? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, so that was actually probably something good. Uh, then uh, I'll finish up with uh, followers of the books will be uh, either intrigued or disappointed to know that they actually changed the end. So well, that's not uncommon. It's not uncommon. They've obviously changed it to have a second season, so it makes perfect sense. But uh, it doesn't end the way the books do, so... Uh, hmm, I'm kind of over um, things not being the same as the book. I mean, it's a different medium. It's, it's never going to be the same as the book. Yeah. It also has an... It also has a... Why didn't you just use a fucking eagles moment? Uh-huh. <laughs> the storyline is basically you've got this tree that protects the world, and uh, when this tree gets destroyed, the demons will invade. Right? And so... Uh, to save the tree, the princess has to take this seed to this other place, which is San Francisco. <laughs> it's, just, it's, the, it's basically the tunnels underneath the bay of San Francisco, because remember, it's in our world. Anyway, she has to take it, and she has to uh, bathe this seed in this in this special fire, and uh, and then basically return, and it will grow a new it will grow a new tree. That's what she's told, but that's bullshit. <laughs> it actually involves something completely different, which again, I don't want to spoil for you, but. It's so ridiculous that it's very much a then why the fuck did she even need to take the seed at all? Why even even have that story at all? She okay. could have just done exactly what she had to do right from the very start. That's just not how horticulture culture works. <laughs> a whole bunch of, people, bunch of people could have been could have been saved if she's just done what she had to do with the second episode. But anyway, that being yeah. <laughs> it, is what, it is what it is. Moving on. <laughs> I hate the Eagles, man. Uh, Supergirl Flash crossover, absolutely awesome. Do you watch Supergirl The Flash, Bo? No, I want to pick up The Flash. I've heard good stuff about it, but I haven't seen anything but the first episode. Oh, it's awesome. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm going to start watching it. Yeah, it's very cool. I was, I'm, I'm a, uh, as, as regular listeners will know, I'm a big fan of both The Flash and Supergirl, and uh, they've accomplished the impossible. This whole Spidey being the Marvel Cinematic Universe thing has opened up a lot of doors because uh, Flash and Supergirl are actually made by two different production companies. Uh, but they actually they yeah. had a crossover episode, which is awesome because, of course, they heard, both exist in the DC Universe. I've heard multiple people describe it as cute. It is incredibly cute. It's so cute. That, <laughs> it is so cute that even I was sitting there, I'm like, this is, I actually feel like I should be drinking a, a hot chocolate and have a blanket wrapped around me now, right now. It's, it's, it's unbelievably cute. Uh, so yeah, so uh, one of the big things about the Flash is that he can travel through all sorts of dimensions. It's one of the major storylines, and um, the whole uh, Earth two, you know, fifty two universes sort of deals is is uh, a big deal of the Flash. And so they use that in order to bring him to the Supergirl universe, which is genius. And uh, right from the very outset, it's just the, the, whenever the Flash and Supergirl are on screen, my God, it's just unbelievably awesome. It's just there's so much charisma on screen. It's just, it's sometimes it was hard to watch. It's, it's ridiculous. It's so they, cute. They could use that to put him in any TV show. Yeah. 
He could pop up... Any DC Universe TV show. Well, any TV show. <laughs> Multiple universes, he could pop up. He could pop up in The, in the Simpsons. He could pop up anywhere. <laughs> so he'd pop up in Big Bang. I'm sure they'd uh, you know, have that sort of bullshit. Anyway, uh, I'm sure Sheldon would love to see the actual real Flash. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was fun with a capital F. There's no doubt about it. And uh, and at the end of the episode, he goes back to his own reality. So it's pretty cool. Uh, it's I highly recommend it. If you're not watching either the Supergirl, either Supergirl or The Flash. Supergirl's not as good as The Flash. It has you know, a few sort of bumps. It doesn't really know just how feminist it wants to be. Like, it's very much girl power sort of stuff, you know what I mean? You know, go girl. Mm. And and that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just sometimes it sort of, it doesn't really know what it's trying to, just how strongly it wants to have put across that message. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it kind of stumbles every now and again. And the writing's just not as strong. Um, but uh, it's still a lot of fun. Uh, and, of course, you know, it's Supergirl, so hey, it's awesome. Uh, what are the, I just do want to be watching one major thing from this episode. So you've got the character Cat Grant, who is in charge of Catco, and uh, she's a bitch. She's played by Calista Flockhart. She's a mega bitch, but you know she's like that bitch with a heart of gold type steel. And she sort of serves as she serves as as um, Kira's. I mean Kara. Sorry, she Cat calls her Kira, but her name is actually Kara. Um, Kara's sort of mentor, and um, <laughs> they have a very strange sort of mother daughter relationship, but. Uh, it's funny. She, so she's a complete bitch. And basically, when the when the Flash shows up, he goes he, in human in Grant in uh, you know non Flash form. He goes to visit Kara uh, and her friends at Catco Building, and Cat uh, calls them into the office. And so they're all standing there in a line of four. And she says, and she says to them, "You look like a you look like the racially diverse yet non threatening cast of a CW show." <laughs> and she's spot on. That's exactly what they look like. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. And they, they had those, those CW love triangles and shit. But anyway, it was awesome. The mother on that show is actually at SC Comic Con right now. Oh, it's, it's, um, she, she played Supergirl in the movie. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, movie review, The Fifth Wave. I've been waiting to see this for a while. Uh, it is uh, a um, young adult type movie. I'm not a big fan of these movies, and yet I kept seeing them. I'm not too sure why it is, but uh, it's got um, Chloe Moretz in it. So I thought, hey... Well, you do like Chloe Moretz. I do like Chloe Moretz. I think she's done very well transitioning from child actor to actor. The thing with Chloe Moretz, actress. though, is that she didn't really play kiddie roles. Yeah. I mean, she played a kid, but they weren't, like, she wasn't, like, Curly Sue or something. Curly Sue? <laughs> I don't know why that came <laughs> Is that the mind? first one that popped in the head? That's, that's interesting. I, I actually saw her recently, so she was stuck in my head. But, um, yeah, she just, her, her roles are intended for yeah, a grown-up audience, so yeah, transitioning totally right. to a grown-up actress is not... You are totally right. Such a far stretch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it unfortunately is, uh, it, well, it's based on a young adult book trilogy, I do believe, um, where... Aliens Invade the Earth. So, you know, nothing that has been done before. Uh, by Ricky Yancey, uh, which, you know, seemed to get quite favourable reviews. Uh, the film, though, did not. <laughs> it's, unfortunately, it was written for the screen by Akiva Goldsman, who, let's face it, sucks. I don't know. Akiva Goldsman's other works. Let me, let me throw some Akiva Goldsman stuff at you. Okay. Hit me. <laughs> Transformers. Okay. I think, I think, <laughs> do I have to, can I stop I think there? Michael Bay might have a lot to do with that as well. <laughs> Jonah Hex? Not seen it. Hancock? Half of that was good. Half of it was good, I'll give you that. <laughs> I Am Legend? That wasn't too bad, except I don't really like <laughs> zombie movies. You know who's doing another I Am Legend? 
Why? They rebooted. Are they really? Why? Yeah. Why, why, why would you do that? They rebooted. Oh, who knows? It's not even that old. He's shit. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> that is a weird one to reboot. It is. It is a weird one. Anyway, but yeah. So uh, Chloe Moretz plays Cassie, and uh, basically what it is is uh, aliens. The aliens invade invade in waves. The first wave is to uh, send an AM, AMP. An electromagnetic pulse, which shuts down all electricity for a short period. Well, so, you know, to, planes fall from the sky and shit. They need to reverse the Polaron things from the deflector shield. That... Yeah, but the Earth doesn't have a deflector shield, I'm afraid, so that doesn't work. Um, anyway, so yeah, so a whole bunch, of, whole bunch of people die with that. And then uh, the second wave is to... Um, well, you don't see it in the film, but they drop massive, dense objects into the oceans, which cause tsunamis. All you see in the film is the tsunamis. So basically, all the co- anybody living on the mountain, the coasts are all wiped out. Um, the book goes into a little bit more detail. Uh, the third wave is they mutate the avian flu, and that's the wave in which Chloe's, uh, well, Cassie's mum dies. So up until this point, Cassie, her brother Sam, and her father are all still together. Uh, so her mother gets bumped off in that because she's helping people. Uh, that boat, that that is actually the most deadly. That wipes out most of humanity. Uh, like 95% of humanity is gone with that. And I'm not too clear on what the fourth wave is all about. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm not very clear on what the fourth wave was about. Uh, but then, um, oh yes, no, fourth wave was the activation of the sleeper agents. That's what that was, yeah. So you get uh, people called snipers that uh, are supposedly half human, half alien. So they get reactivated and then start killing, killing off survivors um, that's actually revealed in the second book. That's revealed to not actually be the exactly what has happened, but I don't want to spoil that for anybody. So it's not revealed in the film, so therefore I don't want to say it. Uh, but then uh, the fifth wave is the most interesting, with the, is where the surviving children are indoctrinated into becoming soldiers because they because uh, the aliens are now possessing humans, have the ability to now possess humans, and. Uh, so they and the children are less susceptible or something. Uh, that's the that's the reason they give. And uh, the, so the children become you know children as young as Sam, who's like you know five or something, are uh, turned into soldiers and then sent out with this technology that identifies whether they're human or alien um, or possessed and and uh, to kill them essentially. And uh, there's a bit of a twist that that uh, I don't want to reveal. It's fairly obvious. But, I mean seriously, if you, it's very very obvious. But Again, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. So, yeah, so there's a bit of a twist, but, but uh, that is generally the, the general plot. Uh, Cassie um, makes a promise uh, to her father that she will protect Sam at all costs and uh, gets separated. And uh, so spends basically the majority of the film trying to find Sam and survive. Um, a couple of things that I, that I want to point out uh, in, in terms of positives is uh, Chloe Moretz does an excellent job, as she always does. I can't think of a single Chloe Moretz performance that is bad. I'm not saying she's not in some bad films. Because let's face it, that Johnny Depp film, Deadly Shadows. I didn't see it. Piece of shit. But she does an excellent job, as she always does. Um, and it's a shame that the uh, the actual content of the film isn't isn't quite up to her standards. I don't, I don't understand why she's involved in this project. The project is actually boring, derivative, derivative sort of rubbish that you've seen a billion times before. Maybe she liked the books. Yeah, maybe she did. Maybe she did. I, I don't know. Who knows? And, and I'm not saying this because, you know, I'm not saying all young adult uh, movies and books are bad, uh, but this one is, I mean, it's not even up to the standards of, you know, the Divergent series. 
which actually isn't all that good either. So it's 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 a pretty poor showing. The film's really it's really boring, which is its major major problem. Um, it also has quite a substantial amount of plot holes, and I assume because of their way of trying to, you know, convert the book to a film, they've they've, they've mm. missed quite a lot of stuff. Um, as a positive though, uh, Cassie is uh, a, you know quite an interesting character. She's you know she's very she's very strong. She, I mean she's still I mean she's still a girl. She still does girly type things. She still has crushes and she meets a sexy you know dude and pervs on him when he's bathing and stuff. You know, does very girly things. At one point, she uh, she's um, salvaging um, supplies out of a, an abandoned uh, convenience store and uh, grabs some Kotex pads. You know what I mean? Like, I've never seen that before. Never seen anybody acknowledge that this is actually a normal biological process. I mean, they don't <laughs> even go to the toilet, let alone grab sanitary pads. Yeah, so she actually grabs yeah. the sanitary pads. I actually was quite pleased by that. I was yeah. like, wow, that's, you know, for, for, for once it actually makes a bit of sense. Um, and of course, it's never mentioned again. But still, you know, hey, it's good. Yeah, so what it's do they a, do in The Walking Dead? It's mean, a step they, in the right direction. They, they, the women must be just grasping every time they every time they come to song, Give me some of that. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably. You know, that's a good point. You know, they actually make a big deal in one of the episodes of The Walking Dead where she's get me some toothpaste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. he's, and he's yeah. like, all right. So he goes to all this trouble to get this fucking toothpaste. No one ever says, "Get me some Kotex." Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like I don't know. It's weird. Maybe they're just doing it old school, where they just get some, you know, rip up some cotton. They raid. They raid all these drugstores, but you got to think like at a certain point it's all going to run out because they're not making new ones. You know. Yeah, yeah that's right. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so that was a positive. I mean, Cassie's character is actually quite quite a good character. Uh, it's just a shame that she's in this quite boring film. That's uh, Fifth Wave. You made me think of something. A, a, a thing to throw at you, if you if you like. I, I always quite enjoy being things thrown at me. <laughs> I was watching Doctor Who last night because they're replaying Doctor Who here again, and which is good. But you know, I wish they would replay the classics Doctor Who instead of the same five, ten seasons over and over. Yeah. Um, but anyway, show some of the good no, stuff, people. So I, did, I decided to watch it because it was Blink, one of the one of the probably the only yeah. good, really one. good episodes. And at the end yeah. of it, they uh, they play the Doctor Who Confidential. Um, and this one had David Tennant interviewing various people. And he was talking to um, Stephen Moffat. I keep going to call him Russell. Stephen Moffat. And uh, the story was uh, originally, he wrote it as a like a, a short story called The Diary of Sarah Sparrow, age 12 and a half or something like that. And so they talked about that for a bit and how it evolved into the TV show. And David Tennant says, also, oh, and you aged up Sarah Sparrow, like she's an adult now. Hmm. And he, Russell, Russell Moffat, Stephen Moffat said that kids don't like watching kids on the TV. They like watching uh, young adults mm. or adults. Yeah. So would you have it? Yeah, that's true. You agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're, when you're writing for children's television, is, and I've, I've done a bit of it, so actually, no. Um, yeah, you need to write, the characters need to be a few years older than your target audience. Because mm. like, there's, there's, no in, in, there's no point in them watching something about children their own age Um because they see that all the time in their real lives. Yeah. This is the way it was explained to me. And so they... Um, they and they like watching something that they can aspire to. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's... that's yeah. That's, that's so how does that fit with movies like The, the Goonies and, and things that have, like, little kids in it? Stand By Me. Well, they're not or, that little. Although they made more for adults. I mean, they're still, like, 11, 12. Yeah. There's nobody under 10. Right. And and how, old were you, how old were you when you first saw Stand By Me? I haven't seen it. 
<gasps> Divorce. Uh, how old were you saw the, when you saw Goonies? I haven't seen it. <laughs> that can't be true. I've not seen it. It, it. It's not possible. It's not possible to not be our age and not seen the Goonies. I have seen ET, and that had a really yeah, little it, kid. It it was like Drew Barrymore was like five or something. Yeah, but she. So that's the thing. So she was the token little kid. Yeah, but not in order to help. Oh, yeah. In order to help the kids, her rage sort of feel uh, feel safer watching the film mm-hmm. because she she managed to interact with uh, so Gertie managed yeah. to interact with ET and kind of stuff. But the main character Elliot is like eleven, yeah. so it's, uh, it's it's designed that way to sort of make them a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Goonies. Uh, the first time I saw it, gave me nightmares. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I don't know how old I was, but you, because of all the skeletons and stuff in it. Like, I actually liked the movie, but when mm. I went to sleep, I kept picturing the skeletons. Oh, and uh, oh. I had to, like, sleep in my mom's floor. I kept, <laughs> I kept having nightmares, yeah. And, and, you've seen, and you've seen Stand By Me, right? What movie Stand By Me? Because I it's made a, a reference to it, it's and a group I was of thinking kids, of a different movie. Yeah, a group of kids, including Will fucking Wheaton, find, who um, hear about a, dead, a dead, body. dead body. Yeah. yeah. So, they, so they travel yeah, yeah. to go see this dead body. And it's got a subplot about, the, about a bully who, uh, you know, basically gives them shit and... Causes a whole bunch of drama, and there's a gun involved, that sort of stuff. I have I have seen that movie, and I didn't realize Will Wheaton's in it, but I'm looking at the picture now, and that is definitely Will Wheaton. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so, <laughs> I don't understand this Will Wheaton animosity. I don't care. I'm, uh, I'm not going to even bother explaining it. I want him dead. All right, so my other review is Observance. Uh, Observance is, is an Australian film. It's, it's, uh, it's having quite a lot of buzz uh, since it's... Um, screening at Fan- the Fantasia Film Festival. Uh, I think it was also shot at the London Film Festival, but uh, my memory is pretty bad. But it's 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 doing really really well, which is uh, which is pretty cool. Aussie Aussie Aussie. Oi oi oi. <laughs> so, uh, it is. Uh, yeah, I do say. I, actually, I, I want to have a bit of a discussion about this. But it, so it is technically an Australian film. It's filmed in Sydney, but all the characters are American. Like it's set, it's clearly meant to be set in America. He's got American currency. They've all got American accents. Yeah. Some of them better quality than others. And it's directed by a British guy <laughs> so, who, li- who now lives in Australia. Uh, so is it actually, is it technically still an Australian film? I don't know. Moulin Rouge is a technically an Australian film um, directed by Baz Luhrmann and Australia's own Nicole Kidman, but it's set in Paris. Yeah, but filmed in Australia though. So, yeah. it, stars Austra- so it stars an Australian directed by an Australian and filmed in Australia. Yeah, and funded other, with Australian money. There's many other actors in it who aren't Australian. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've always been fascinated yeah. by the, by this sort of stuff. I guess it goes back to lecture being Greek. It's it's I mean, because it's filmed in Australia. Yeah, but, does that make it Australian? Because that means the Star Wars films are Australian. Yeah, the Star Wars films are definitely Australian. Lord of the Rings is yeah. is, is a New what Zealand. About, yeah, yeah. Like what? Yeah, what determines that? Yeah. I'm intrigued. I'm interested. If anybody knows, if anybody can tell me, I'm very intrigued to know what that is. Because, I mean, yeah, I guess The Lord of the Rings, is, is, does that mean The Lord of the Rings are actually a New Zealand film? I think, is it defined by uh, where the funds come from? Yeah, does, is, is, that, is that what it is? It is, is that the, the defining yeah, fact, where the funds come from? Because mm-hmm. if that's the case, and this is a very very much an Australian film, because this is actually, this was, uh, I don't have the exact figure, but it's, it's something really small. It's like $11,000. Wow. So basically, basically the amount of money that he had he, that, the, that he had on his credit card is basically all the money he had, and he you know used it all. So it's and it's and I can tell you it's he's he's stretched that dollar as much as he could because it just it looks it looks great it really really does and uh, 
And more importantly, though, it sounds great. It's a Foley artist's dream. Yeah. I, I, loved, that, I loved that comment that you made. It was awesome. And it, it right. I mean, the Foley artist, um, I actually do want to mention him because he's just... He's got a thing for flies. He's just... Yeah, well, it makes sense when you see the scene. Um, I, have to, I have to elaborate. I only actually heard bits of it because I was doing other things. Yeah, the, sc- the screener that I was watching actually had a disclaimer at the bottom said, said that saying, please ensure that you use high-quality speakers and or, or, or headphones yep. when viewing. And at first I was like, no other screener has ever said this to before. Nobody else gives a shit. But I can tell you, it, it's spot on. Whoever wrote that line is, is genius because it, it's... Because if your speakers were terrible, it would just it just wouldn't be the same experience. It is it is a, it's an audio feast. Who was the who had the sound people? I've got just I've got a I've got a single amount because they're just great. Uh, David Gayland, uh, David Gaylard, and David Williams. Two Davids. All right, awesome name. Automatically awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, I did see the folly the folly artist, but now I can't see him for some reason. Oh, now he's gone. But now it's not on here. The Folly Artist is not an IMDb. I apologise. Um, it was it, it was uh, it was a, an Asian name, and, and whoever you are, you're an unsung hero. You, you did a magnificent job. Um, so the director is, uh, is, uh, so is Joseph Sims Dennett. Uh, he's also the uh, co-writer with Josh Zammett. And um, the basic plot is a man. Uh, he's a, a private detective. Uh, he's in is in grief after the loss of his uh, young son. And his marriage is on the rocks as he's nearing back bankruptcy. So uh, he returns to work as a private, detec- private detective uh, and uh, is hired uh, for a particular particular job. It's not all that unusual. He basically just has to set up shop uh, across the road from uh, a, a young lady living alone and uh, spy on her, basically report on her movements. You know, who does she talk to? What does she do during a day? That sort of stuff. It's, I mean, it's creepy, but that's what private investigators do. So, so at first, it really, it's really not that all, all that uh, noteworthy. But as time goes on, some weird shit starts to happen. The place that he's set up, uh, set up operations in, um, is this derelict, this crappy derelict two-story building, and uh, some weird stuff starts to happen. He starts having some. Uh, at first, it's uh, he's he's put. Um, Newspaper up on a win- on some windows to sort of black out the light and stuff and make it less obvious that what he's doing, and uh, the stuff just keeps falling off. But he's, he staples it on, keeps coming off. At one scene, he goes in, sees that it's off, puts it back on, goes out, comes back in, it's off. <laughs> he, he leaves it off, goes back in, it's on. <laughs> it's like so, so someone's obviously messing with him, and he assumes, of course, he assumes it's a live person. Um, but it's uh, it becomes more and more apparent that either he is haunted. Or the place he's staying in is haunted. And I don't want to have any spoilers to what that resolution is. Uh, and he uh, gets basically more and more freaked out as he goes. Now, right at the very start, when he's trying to get into the building, he scratches his finger on a nail and stupidly doesn't go to the doctor and get a tetanus shot. He uh, just lets it go. And uh, and that part of the narrative is, is that affecting him as well? Has he now gone? A bit mad because you know tetanus has you know has, has affected him. Is he is he now infected, or is it is it actually is is what uh, you know is being alluded to that is actually he's haunted or the place is haunted. So there's, there's all these sort of different angles, and then you've got the sound that sort of that plays into it. It's just magnificent, and uh, he just eventually just gets more and more paranoid as as things go on, and uh, yeah, guess what's end. That's a, that's a, that's all I want to say in terms of the story. Um, it is 
it's not the most original in terms of storyline, uh, but where, where it works is the visuals uh, and, more importantly, as we've already discussed, the sound. It's just, it is, uh, it's a visual and, and, and audio, fe- audio feast, and uh, I highly recommend it for that as well. And all the actors do, you know, a decent job. They all do, you know, they all contribute, especially uh, the main guy. Uh, Lindsay Farris, uh, who plays Parker, the main, the main, main, uh, the investigator. It also has a little, uh, little cameo with uh, John Jarrett, which is pretty cool. Mm. <laughs> so uh, Wolf Creek, yeah, the guy from Wolf Creek, Wolf Creek for for those people who knew. Well, better Homes and Gardens. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I still know. I would have said the guy from Better Homes and Gardens, but of course, you know, for international the, audience for the international audience, it's Wolf Creek. Uh, so uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, I don't quite understand the whole thing of making it set in America. I mean, it could, have just been, could easily have been set in Australia, but... Uh, right, you uh, need to make it more palatable to international audience. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'd be interested in speaking to the director and just and getting his uh, his thoughts on the process. And that's the perfect segue into uh, the announcement. Uh, there is actually going to be a, a Q&A uh, and, a, and a screening of Observance. Uh, in conju- Acme, in conjunction with Filmlink, uh, are actually going to... Show observance on the twelfth of April, and there'll be a Q and A with the director, Joseph. So uh, that's pretty sweet. It's pretty cool. So twelfth of April, uh, check out the um, the Acme website uh, for the tickets, and uh, and check it out because uh, it's really really cool. It has it has a has a very much. Uh, I read one of the reviews where it said it had a uh, Polanski esque feel to it and uh they're right on the right on the nose that's it really is they've hit the nail on the head that's very much what it is as has a very definite creepiness set to 11 type vibe uh that uh, i highly recommend so uh yeah so if you're in melbourne uh check out the observance screening and q a on april 12 and of course i will have the link in the notes um so let's uh, finish up with coming soon In Australian cinemas, April 7th, we get The Huntsman Winter's War, which is a prequel to Snow White and The Huntsman. I don't know why there had to be another film. There didn't need to be another film. First film wasn't that good. But uh, I'm always happy for more Chris Hemsworth. Rob Brydon's in it. And Rob Brydon's in it. So, uh, yeah. And Jennifer, uh, uh, Jessica Justin. So, yeah. So it's a prequel. So you know what's going to happen. If you've seen the first one, you know that his wife dies <laughs> at the end. So it's like, Whoa. and you know he doesn't. So, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't, I'm not a big fan of prequels. I don't really get it. Uh, we also get uh, the Disney's new take on The Jungle Book, uh, which is a sort of a, a, a live action. It's, it's called live action, but the only live human character is Mowgli. Um, and all the, char- all the animals have been uh, stop-motioned, CGI'd, um, with uh, celebrity voices. Uh, it's directed by John Favreau uh, from Iron Man. So, uh, yeah, it'll just be decently put together. And uh, the trailer looks pretty cool. Yep. It's kind of like Johansson plays the snake. <laughs> so, uh, and, uh, Idris Elba's in it, I think, as well, as yeah? Yes, Idris Elba? that's the name I was trying to think of, yeah. Idris Elba. So, is Idris Elba, is he, does, he, does he play the panther or the tiger? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I just saw his name on the screen. Oh, there you go. Uh, and Where to Invade Next, which is Michael Moore's next, whatever you oh. call them. They're not really documentaries, let's face it. <laughs> so, where Michael Moore's next made-up, Stuff documentary movie. He's calling this one a comedy. Like every interview I've heard of him, he's he's he says it's funnier than it is informative. <laughs> oh, okay. So basically, he's accepted the reality that uh, 
most of his documentaries <laughs> are, f- are fiction anyway. So he's just gone for it. And uh, don't get me wrong, I enjoy Michael Moore films, but that's but I enjoy them for what they are. Uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't be yeah, watching them to be informed. Yeah, I like them, but I know they're biased. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's Australia. Anything happening in America? On the eighth, we have the invitation, okay. demolition. Don't know anything about the these. Boss. Things. Yeah, I don't know anything about these either. The the one in this list that really stands out is Hardcore Henry. That's <laughs> the uh, like first person shooter movie. Yeah. <laughs> It does there's no opinion. way I could make. There's no way I could make it through that movie. I I would throw up all over, all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> so it's a. I get nauseous. I get nauseous watching YouTube videos. The people are like walking around a room, you know, like that. That makes me nauseous. I could never watch the hardcore injury. <laughs> so the invitation, <laughs> the boss, demolition, and hardcore Henry. That's it. There you go. That's uh, the the American releases. Oh, I wouldn't mind seeing hardcore Henry. Actually, I think it sounds alright. Actually, I think it sounds terrible, but I think it sounds terrible it, in, a, in a cool way. <laughs> it's going to be a really good movie for a first-person shooter movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like that section in Doom. Did you watch Doom? With The Rock? Uh, oh, yeah. There was that one section where it was yeah. like the game. Yeah, yeah, so towards the end the end where he goes on his action hero rampage, it goes yeah, into first person. Whole movie be that way. I was like, I watched, I watched this entire piece of shit to get to this scene. And uh, it's not that good. I mean, it was all right, but it wasn't that. It wasn't worth sitting for the rest of it. But anyway, yeah, that's episode one eighty nine. Thank you very much for joining us. I don't know why I was so loud. Was it? <laughs> Apologize. <laughs> I was obviously very excited for it to come to an end. <laughs> no, that's bullshit. That's that's, no, that's a lie. I, 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 uh, I, I love I love doing it, and uh, I love you all. I need some insulin. That's what it is. <laughs> Bo's infected before the start anyone who's rampage <laughs> that's it for me and the crew Crystal and it's good night from him and Bo yeah I'm already I'm already asleep <laughs> oh that's mean that's mean no not because the show not because the show's bad I'm just tired <laughs> <laughs> you had a big day and you got another big day tomorrow so uh and uh, let us know how it goes. I'll be watching ECN to to find out all the all the juicy stories, all the goss, all the goss, and the arguments about Damien and X twenty three. You have been yeah, defend- you have been defending this, right, bro? You have, have been saying no, it's X twenty three one, and it makes sense. Screw you. No, I've been saying I've been saying, hey man, I had her frozen, and then he busts, he shattered in a bunch of pieces, and then David said that wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I tell him. If it was if it was my story, the comment would have ended one page earlier. What? <laughs> they just threw me to the wolves. God, some friend you are. <laughs> That's it for the show. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. 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 You've been listening to NCP. Thank you for being a part of our crew. If you would like to support the show, you can use the Amazon widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. If you have any feedback, please go to nerdculturepodcast.com forward slash contact us where you will find a list of the many different ways you can interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.